Blair Johnson, and you are listening to the Rock Student Ministry Podcast. For more information, you can visit www.fbcrockhill.org. Now a word from our high school and college pastor. Welcome back to Proverbs 9-9 Ministry. Uh, we began talking last week about purity. We, we talked about how this is the month of February, and February is about love, but we wanted to talk about purity as well. And so uh, as we continue talking about that, um, remember our launch off verse, if you will, was Leviticus 11.45. We, we talked about it last week. Be holy because I am holy. And part of being holy because God is holy cannot be accomplished without looking at something that many people don't like to talk about, which is sexual purity. So when we talk about sexual purity, we have to consider the opposite of it first. So if we have sexual purity, what is the advert, what is the opposite of that, which is sexual immorality? And sexual immorality is to be engaged sexually with someone outside of marriage between one man and one woman. So whenever we engage outside of the marriage, whether it be because we are dating in high school or whether it be because we are dating as young adults or whether it be because we are dating as older adults or whether it be because we're married and stepping outside of that marriage, whenever we engage in that behavior, that is sexual immorality. Now, notice I didn't say anything about some of the other standards that we see coming along here in today's world uh, when it comes to the LGBTQ community. That is a whole different podcast in itself. But as always, what Chris says is nowhere near as important as what the Bible says. So let's take a look at Paul's letter to the church of Corinth in 1 Corinthians 6, 12 through 20 and see what that says. Paul says, you say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. You say food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food. This is true, though someday God will do away with both of them. But you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord, and the Lord cares about our bodies. And God will raise up from the dead by his power, just as he raised up our Lord from the dead. Don't you realize that our bodies are actually part of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never. And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? For the scriptures say the two are united into one, but the person who is joined to the Lord is in one spirit with him. Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. I'm gonna read that again. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your own body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. So as we read this, we understand that our bodies are not our own. They're not ours. They are a gift from God in which we get to dwell in. And so we have to make sure that we don't waste our life with this body. And so there become some questions concerning how we treat our bodies into the comparison to the fact of Christ and the focus of that. Matter of fact, we, we can see that uh, those that are dealing in sexual morality uh, are not treating their bodies well. The Center of Disease Control reports in 2013, now this is almost eight years ago, that 46.8% of high school students have had sex. Parents, if you're listening to this, I want that to sink in. 
46.8 of high school percent of high school students have had sex. 40.9% of those students did not use any type of protection. And in 2009, so now we're a little further away, 400,000 teen girls between the ages of 15 and 19 gave birth. See, there's three things that I, I would like to share with you concerning sexual purity and sexual immorality. The one is this, just because you can doesn't mean that you should. We see that in verse 12. Just because you can doesn't mean that you should. Many things in this world are available, but that doesn't mean they are favorable. So in other words, we can take narcotics for pain medicine if we've had surgery. So they're available, but it doesn't mean that they're always favorable because you take that outside of the prescribed context and then you become addicted. See, see context changes everything. Two, you and I were created to bring glory to the Father. We see that in verse 13. See, we are sexual beings, but we are not to be slaves to sexual things. Matter of fact, the word tells us that we are to be a reflection of Christ. And sexual immorality distorts the reflections that others see in us. See, we're not light producers. We're light reflectors. And that light is Christ. Christ says, I am the light, so that light is Christ. And whenever we engage in sexual immorality, we distort that reflection that other people see. Three, believers belong to Christ and our bodies are a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. So we are part of the church body as a believer. And so we must be careful what we pair Christ with through our actions. So what's the application for this? I I can give you all that, but no application sometimes leaves it open-ended. Three steps for sexual purity that I want to share with you before we close. See, God's plan is for everyone to be sexually pure. So the first way is we don't engage in sexual immorality. That being sexual activity outside of marriage. Leave it alone. The second thing is we prevent sexual temptation. See, there are things that we can find ourselves uh, locked up and engaged in, whether it's scrolling through the computer and chasing a rabbit trail down the wrong side, whether it's sitting in a in a room by ourselves with the TV on, with the opportunity to see things and watch things that we shouldn't be, whether it's finding ourselves in a room with the opposite sex that is not our wife and it leads us astray, or whether it's as teenagers that we're in a dating relationship and we put ourselves in a position where we're all alone and then our hormones begin to take control. So we prevent sexual temptation. So don't be alone with somebody that you're attracted to unless you're married to him or her. Keep physical touch to a minimum. Here's what I've always taught our students, that you can begin to hold hands, but what begins as holding hands normally progresses, and as it progresses, it progresses much faster. Three, if you have been sexually immoral, then commit to live a life of purity from this day forward and begin restoring God's image in you that not only he sees, but other people see. So again, we we close up this two-week series on purity. And I hope that it is impressed upon you something new or reminded you of something that you already knew. I hope that you found it something usable that you could share with your teenage boy or your teenage daughter or with a friend that maybe is struggling in this category. So as we celebrate February and the month of love, man, it, it, it is love. It, it is God's love. It's Christ's love. It's, it's our love for one another. Let's just make sure we keep love pure. Hope you have an amazing week.